right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Why Not Us podcast. My name is Carter Kramer with Mr. Michael McGowan over there in the studio with the fat mic in his mouth, which is fairly mm-hmm. common. And then, uh, well, <laughs> joining us today, I had to, it looks like it just missed. Really? I am sorry. It does the, it does this is, it's the second episode of the new year, and really you're doing this Mike, already. It doesn't fit. That's the real question. Prove it doesn't fit, Mike. And as you can tell, this is why we have our good friend Randy Carroll on to talk to us today, because he is definitely on my side. So this is maybe a great discussion. <laughs> I'm on the side of truth, okay? Oh, yes. God, here we go. All right, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple things today, mainly uh, related to economics. Um, Randy's got a very interesting uh, position on some different economic items going on in the world we live in today. Um, and, and obviously, Mike, you and Randy have known each other for a while. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about how you guys got to know each other? And then maybe, Randy, you can you can fill us in on kind of how you got involved in some of this stuff. Yeah. So Randy and I met, what was it, 2016, 2017, right around that time when Fidelity purchased Sync. And I yeah. went to work for Sync and Randy had already worked at Sync. And then Randy and I worked together for several years there. And then we and then we both went um, to a company called Chime together. Um, and we worked for a few years there as well. So Randy and I have worked together six, seven years, all said and done, um, which was his pleasure, uh, as as you can probably imagine. Uh, but no, I I know Randy I without it. <laughs> I know Randy pretty well. Um, Randy, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. It's just a a really good, smart dude. I appreciate that. I'm I'm a career startup SaaS real estate guy. Um, worked for Sync out of college, right? So it's it's been the real estate. SaaS world ever since. All always preferred small companies. Um uh you know, I was uh not an economics major in at all. Actually, I totally regret my college degree. It was a complete waste of four years. As do ninety five percent of the population, but go ahead. Yeah, the school part the school part was the waste of four years. Let me make that clear. <laughs> um everything else was awesome. But yeah, ultimately just been working in sales and uh that's how I met our dear friend, Michael. There you go. Awesome. Well, let's dive into a little bit of this. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, obviously, the world is in a, an interesting economic state. I think we can all agree with that situation, right? Where we've been seeing, uh, you know, fast climb in interest rates, fast climb in inflation. We've been seeing uh, just some interesting dynamics. You know, everything, I think, in the world today is is more expensive uh, than it was a couple of years ago. I just got an email, man, from my pool company, no joke, from my house in Arizona, saying that, my my monthly bill was going to increase because chemicals have gone up four hundred percent in cost for the pool company in the last eighteen months. Um, so just one example. I mean, just interesting stuff that I didn't really think about on a day to day basis. You know, just in the economic world that we live in, but everything is is more expensive. So you know, with that, I think it, it's got a lot of people kind of going like, "What the heck's going on?" Right? And and what do we do? And what's the next step? Um, so Randy, talk a little bit about kind of how you have dug into this stuff, you know, kind of the economic state of the country and, and how you feel about what's going on now. And then also just kind of how can people educate themselves a little bit on, on, you know, what's actually happening and, and what are some options for them to try to weather the storm, so to speak? Yeah. So my interest in this conversation started, um, when, when I was at Sync actually, and right before Mike got there, we had, uh, we had an exit. We were really, really fortunate, really blessed. Uh, and I came into some money, uh, and I didn't know what to do with it, right? I was young. Um, I was just really pumped whenever I had my credit card bill paid off. Um, managing money was not a skill set that I had picked up in my communications degree in college. So I gave that money to someone who I thought knew what he was doing. Um, and as a, and you know, I checked in a few years later, and the market had gone up 24%, and... I was like, sweet, I'm doing great, only to see that my account had only grown 8%. So I thought, so I reached out to one of my older brother's friends and asked him if that was okay. And he said, no, your guy sucks, fire him. And so, yeah, obviously. Um, and not the, and, and, and so that like sparked my interest in like learning about the stock market, but learning about that made me realize the stock market is not the economy. Um, the economy is very, very different. And, and the economic decisions made by the powers that be can have an influence on the stock market, but it's different. Um, and when I started to learn about, um, yeah, the, the economics, our economic model, kind of our monetary, uh, monetary policy in the United States, it became a lot more interesting to me than just like the stock pick of the day. Um, 
that you know that's a that's a total crapshoot. But if you can learn like economics and, and macroeconomics and understand really what get the, keeps the wheels turning, then you can make a much much uh, more informed decision on the on the rest of how you invest uh, and where you put your money and how you can prepare yourself for the future. Um, and so that's that's kind of what got me down the rabbit hole. I'm a I'm a big crypto guy as well, and that's not the topic of discussion today. But when you go down that rabbit hole, you find out the reason for that to even exist is because of the economic and monetary decisions made by this country leading up to the 2008 global financial crisis. Um, and so you go down a whole second rabbit hole um, just trying to understand the crypto world. So, I mean, you're you're the one that, you know, in that research, you're, you're the one that brought me to this website. It's WTF happened in 1971.com. So for everybody out there, for the audience, WTF happened in 1971.com. And it goes out, it, 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 there's, there's a lot of background and a lot of context to that as well, right? So for those that don't know, in 33, FDR, you know, basically made it illegal for, for Americans to, to hold or own gold, uh, not only to use it as a fiscal instrument, but to hold it, right? And then in 71, which is, you know, in the title of that, of that website, that's when Nixon took us off the gold standard. And what I love about this website is it's a bunch of charts. It's not a bunch of it's not a bunch of it's not a, a massive essay that you have to read through with with twelve dollar words that you don't understand necessarily. It's a bunch of charts that show you in very very plain, you know, in, in plain diagrams what's happened since then. And granted, the, the decision by Nixon in seventy one was a it was a culmination of decades of bad monetary policy, bad you know centralized institutions of banking, like putting everything together government overreach into the the financial systems and into the markets right is a culmination of all of that but it's continued to get even worse since right so Randy talk a little bit about that site and then and then some of the some of the the learnings that you've gleaned off of that yeah Mike said it best the that website is amazing just because anyone who's ever seen a chart before can understand like yeah. this is something went wrong here. I don't necessarily know why, and I don't necessarily know the answer, but I can see right here something went wrong, and each of those charts include the source of where it came from, and so it really sparks. Um, it, it's like when you were in school and you asked the teacher to give you the answer to the question, and they said, "No, go find it for yourself." Um, that's what that chart was like for me. It was an opportunity to go find the answer for myself as to, as to what happened. And and Mike mentioned, uh, yeah, 1971. Um, Nixon began the process of moving us off the gold redemption standard um, in the in the 30s, uh, when the government made it illegal to own gold. They confiscated all the gold from the American citizens and then repriced gold to give them a 40 percent increase in in their treasury. Right. So now the United States government confiscated the gold, and the person who has the gold makes the rules now said gold is worth 40% more. We have 40% more money. By the way, that doesn't mean we're giving you 40% more for the cat, for the gold that we already took from you. We just have 40% more and you have less, right? So this is um, a great example of money printing, um, but it actually is uh, the Brits' fault because it started in 1914 uh, to actually fund the uh, the Great War, World War One. So... Going down that website, you get these charts and it leads you down this rabbit hole where you get to learn more about kind of the culture or what was going on in the world that led up to the decision to take the United States off the gold redemption standard. The rest of the world was struggling from inflation. Um, after World War II, with the Britain Woods Agreement, we, the United States, told the rest of the world who was beat to hell, right? We were good because we were across the pond. Everyone else was beat to hell. They were broke. They had just gotten out of this massive war. We, like, I don't know that this was, this wasn't a decision I think we made purposely, but one of the best decisions we made for World War II was not getting involved early because we were basically the sixth man, right? We came off the bench in the fourth quarter when everyone else was tired and we still had our legs under us. Um, so we weren't broke like everybody else per se. Um, and we told every country, you give us your gold and we'll give you U.S. dollars in return. And that's what you hold in your central bank. You don't hold gold anymore. We hold all the gold. 
right? So we did this in 33 within our country, and we did this in the in the 40s for the rest of the world, where we began to hold all the gold. And um, 30 years later, all these other countries, you know, in the 70s, had our U.S. dollars reserves, and they were experiencing inflation. And so, uh, what happened is they wanted to come and redeem the gold back from the United States, but Nixon said, no, not so fast. Um, so as a result of taking us off the redemption, the gold redemption policy, the entire world was now officially for the first time ever on a fiat based standard, right? Which is just cash only by decree. Fiat means by decree in Latin. And that tells you there's nothing backing this, just full faith and credit of the United States government, which used to mean something. So, so no more tangible item attached to the value of of the so-called dollar, right? I mean, it just became an intangible, money became an intangible, basically proclaimed uh, asset at that point, correct? Yeah. So instead of being backed by what people call God's money, right? Gold or nature's money, which is what gold is, that has a natural supply and demand um, uh, equation that hasn't really changed since the beginning of time. It was moved to a completely arbitrary supply and demand uh, equation that the United States owns by themselves. And, and doesn't it also go from like a limited resource to an unlimited resource at that point? I mean, isn't exactly. that kind of what happens where that's where we get this massive amount of inflation and whatnot, correct? No, you're, you're exactly right. The money supply can go up at any moment. So, and just, just for some, just for some context, the, 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 the largest gold holdings, um, by country, the United States is more than double. It's two and a half times the next, um, excuse me, the next largest, uh, country relative to gold reserves. And that's Germany. So we have, we have two and a half times more than anyone else in the world. Never mind all of the other countries that have, you know, next to nothing. Like, right. like the, like, like China, um, has 1900 tons and, and, and the United States has 8,100. Yeah. There's nobody that comes even close because right. we literally pillaged the whole world. Yeah. Um, after World War II. And so we did that and, and made everyone beholden to us. And then in the seventies, we changed the rules of the game and said, now you already have our dollars, but you can't redeem them for anything. Oh, and by the way, we can print more whenever we need them. And this is just an extension, right? So what we operate under, and I know you're very fluent in this, Randy, what we operate under is Keynesian economics, right? So that, that is a, it's an economic system that the government has a lot to do inside of, inside of that with, their, with regulation, with centralization, with currency manipulation, et cetera. Right. So that, that economic system, it's an open door for a government like ours to do what they want, when they want, how they want, and then, and then make the rest of the world, as you've said, beholden to us. Explain to us just real quick, explain to the audience, Keynesian economics or, or, you know, and, and, and kind of the, the, if you will, the, the tenets of it. Yeah. And, and the first thing is pronouncing that dude's, that guy's name sucks. It's like yeah, Keynesian, Keynesian, yeah, Keynesian. It's very silly, yeah. but it's based off a guy named John Maynard Keynes who has absolutely no economic study. He came from a wealthy family where he had a long personal history of, of failed business endeavors and is also to be a rumored pedophile. So there's just fun fact there. Well, I mean, uh, it fits right in with, with Epstein and everybody else in, in government yeah. today, but go ahead. Go ahead. It's, yeah, it's, it doesn't feel like as much of a coincidence. Shock, a shock today. today. Yeah. 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 yeah, shock. Um, but ultimately, the, the, the premise is that whenever you need monetary um, stimulus, the, it's the responsibility of the government just to, to spend more, to print more, to spend more. And um, I found this little fun fact. Um, Keynes was around before World War II, and there's, uh, a, a, there was a letter found where he actually wrote to the Nazis and said, my theory of economics is actually done easier in a totalitarian government. Um, and I think that just goes to show where his priorities lie, um, which is yep. government governments in power, government can print more. If there's ever going to be a, a, a 
cr uh, economic crash, the government should just spend more and that will stimulate its way out of it. Talk a little bit about his childhood growing up and how he kind of formed all of this. Yeah. So as a child growing up, he was, he, he um, was born to a wealthy family, uh, never had to work personally. And every time he saw um, any type of economic crash coming, you would just see the, the, yeah, it never really impacted him that much. But when he saw the government spend more, everyone seemed happier. Every, everyone seemed to have more money, seemed to be better off. Um, and so he just formed this theory without necessarily understanding the repercussions um, because the elite, the, the asset holders, we'll talk about that more in a bit, but the asset holders under economic stimulus always end up owning more. And the non-asset holders after economic stimulus always end up holding less. And he just happened to be on the side of the tracks with the assets. So economic stimulus to him was only good. And, and we've seen this exact practice in our current economics, right? I mean, with the real estate crash in 2008, and then we have the COVID situation. I mean, that's essentially the idea happening in our current country, right? It's like, we have a problem, there becomes some economic strain, we print more money and we disperse more capital out into the world that we live in and try to prop this thing up. I mean, that's, that's essentially, I mean, we've got some pretty, pretty clear examples of that pretty recently. Don't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. 2008 is an interesting example simply because, um, homes are viewed as assets and generally homes don't, um, home prices don't fall the way they did in 2008. Um, generally speaking, home values only go up and, and the, the COVID stimulus is a great example of it, but 2008 and what happened there also offers a good window into understanding exactly how money printing happens, right? Cause it's a fun meme. There's an, un there's a infinite number of money printer memes out there, but it doesn't really help you understand what does it mean? There isn't an actual printing press that's printing out hundred dollar bills. Um, money printing, understanding how that happens is simply credit creation, um, the reserve federal, the reserve rate in banks is 0%. So banks aren't required to own, to have any money in them in order to loan out credit. So, uh, in fact, your money in the bank is considered a liability to that bank. So money is created when these banks lend out money that they don't have. You want to go buy a home? Here's $300,000 to buy this home. It is literally digits on a screen that were created out of nothing. And that's, and, and 2008 was, was exactly that because you had strippers in Miami buying five condos <laughs> and strawberry pickers in California buying, you know, oceanfront property. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we're selling it. Yeah. It, go ahead. So as, as asset holders, right. And I mean, Carter could, Carter could talk to you for days about holding assets, buying dirt, right, Carter, right. Like, I mean, like, 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 like those the, do. Yeah. Why, why don't, why don't we as Americans, why don't we value the currency? Why don't what we do and what we purchase and what we save and how we spend or how, how we save, right? Or, or why don't we let the markets value the currency? Why, why does a government get the right to do that? Right. And, and that's what's happened here. Right. And so Keynesian or Keynesian, however you want to say it, right. Those economic, that economic model, right. Is it's, it's broken us. Right. So there's mm -hmm. there's another economic model. And, and by the way, it's broken us because printing of money. Right. We are now we just passed it the other day. Right. Thirty four trillion dollars in debt. By the way, that's one hundred thousand dollars per 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 every individual American. And it's two hundred and sixty thousand dollars per taxpayer. That's what we all owe because of this debt, because of printing money, because of this government intrusion into what we do and, and we and we we've seen it right well we're we're inflation because of printing money so now let's raise interest rates and oh god we're we're so lucky when they back it down a quarter point right like it's ridiculous that we that we kind of fall in line with all of this stuff but there's another economic model out there right Randy it's called Austrian economics right and so highlight the the, the you know the the tenets of that and the differences yeah so well Keynesian economics is designed to punish the saver um yeah and you can see that because those who saved money have just lost it slowly. Um, Austrian economics is meant to, to, to reward the saver. Uh, it puts a major emphasis on free markets and individual entrepreneurship. And Austrian economics 
put such an emphasis on free markets that it lets the market decide what is money, right? So when I said in the 70s, we had a, for the first time ever, the government, the, the, the world was on only fiat-based um, monies. Up into that, up into really banknotes, which is hundreds and thousands of years of human history, free markets had decided money. There was a point in time where seashells in um, in Africa were used as um, money until some some settlers came and saw that and they introduced their own seashells and that blew up the uh, the supply rate of seashells. So they moved on to a next money. There were there were islands in the Pacific that used these specific type of stone as money. And then people came in from outside the islands, saw that, and they imported their own stones, and they blew up money. Um, and so over time, people just navigate in a free market, right? Which is not what we're in right now. You, you know, sure we're a capitalist country, quote unquote. It's not. We are not in a we're not in a free market for money. Uh, Austrian economics, uh, which has just been the de facto form of economics up until recent human history has allowed free markets to decide how people want to trade. Um, and gold was the best money we had ever created until um, the government kind of co-opted that. Co-opted? They almost eliminated it, right? I mean, they did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not a form of money anymore. No, no. And that's where Bitcoin comes into play, but we're not going to go there. Go ahead, Carter. I, I was just going to say, I, Randy, we, you and I talked a little bit about this offline. I, I kind of want to, this, this is, I think, a way to kind of circle back to this, but I thought it was really interesting. Because we just had in the last, I mean, what, 24 months, maybe less than, we've seen a couple of fairly large banks go out of business, right? It was Signature mm -hmm. Bank. There was, what, Silver Lining or some other. I don't know what all the what, which, what they all were, but I know that that then created some stress because there was, there was people sitting there going like, well, what, you know, what am I going to do? And then it brought up this discussion about, well, there's FDIC insured money, right? Talk a little mm -hmm. bit about that, Randy, because that was something that you brought up to me, and I was like, mm -hmm. right? We, we all did like, oh my gosh, right? So, so tell us. Yeah, so um, like I said before, the reserve requirement for banks is zero. So banks are required to have zero dollars in them in order to 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 fractionalize and, and print this money. So that puts them at huge, huge bank run risk. We saw it originally in the Great Depression, uh, which. Uh, which took two weeks for, for bank runs to happen. But uh, last year, with Silicon Valley Bank, Silvergate Bank, and First Republic Bank, we had these these actual bank runs happen where people rushed to the banks to take their money out only to find out that there was no money there. Usually, your average American would tell you, that's okay, I have FDIC insurance. If my bank goes out of business... I'm going to get insured up to $250,000. Well, that's great. But with just these three banks, the FDIC insurance bucket, the money, your insurance money is all gone. There was like less than 2%, I think, and that um, of all the money that's insured by the FDIC, they only had about 2% of the actual money to distribute. That is frightening. Yeah, that, that is a frightening, frightening thought, man. Because because I think people do run around and think like, oh, you know, I've got this, I got FDIC insured money in the bank, so you know, well, if all the banks go sideways, I'll just get paid from FDIC. I mean, imagine, man, the, the catastrophe that would occur if if multiple banks on layers and layers started to go through this process. People are going to find out really quickly. And and again, what is the solution there? We just gonna we just gonna again go to from a, you know, from a just create more capital and just print more money and try to, I mean, there, when does it end? I guess, or you yeah. know what I'm saying, right? Why do, where do, where do you, how do you stop this yeah. really shitty momentum? <laughs> so yeah, it's, a, it's, a, you know, cause we're coming up on a break, but like, 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 so that's a really good question. How, how do you individually, you know, put a stop to this? What do you do personally to make sure that you guarantee yourself, right? For right. For a lack of a better term that, that your money is yours. Right. And that you don't get taken advantage of by this system that is, controlled by whomever whatever government etc yeah i mean that is a really nuanced question um and, and something i want to make clear is what happened to silvergate silicon valley and first republic bank can literally happen to any bank in the country because all of them are over leveraged 
a bank run can happen at any time to any bank. So I'm not trying to to freak anybody out here, but they need to be aware that this is the situation. And if you want to protect yourself against that, your best bet is is investing into assets and ideally, ideally, if you can, self-custodial assets, right? So something like a real estate uh, that you own, that you see it, but you can touch it, right? That's an amazing asset to invest in. There's no question about it. There are some other alternatives as well. I think real estate's a great one. Um, but if you want to protect yourself, um, you need to find as specifically supply side supply side limited assets, right? The problem with our money is there is no limit to the supply. It's infinite. And what is infinite over anything, right? Um, that's a problem. But when you have supply side assets that are limited, real estate being a great one, um, you can really uh, protect yourself. You can at least ride the wave. I mean, here's the, here's the thing, like the inflation, the currency debasement, which is really the, the, the boogeyman is going to hit us all. But you can at least ride the wave, possibly get ahead by investing into some uh, certain assets. But it has, but you have to be investing. The way our monetary policy is set up is it's it's set up to punish the saver and possibly reward the investor. And you have to. Everyone in America has two jobs: it's their day job and it's to be an investor. And if you yeah. don't understand that, you are going to get left behind. And I'm sorry so for you. So the way you kill two birds with one stone is you run for Congress. Because you'll get it, <laughs> right. right. Yeah, a politician. You become a politician. You get all the inside info. You get a, a decent salary that you can invest. You get all the kickbacks and all the, the, the campaign funding, and then you invest it. You know, you're like Pelosi, right? Like you you, you invest it and, and you do your thing, and you, you come out 80%, you know, with 80 180% more assets than you went in with. Right. Yeah. Dude, yeah. dude, except for you have smaller cans, Mike. <laughs> Here we go. Just deflated. That's all. I'm just saying she's got huge cans. I don't know if you noticed. I know she's old, dude, and disgusting, but like check it out sometime. Maybe you can listen. <laughs> JFK know JFK knew what he was doing. Oh. <laughs> JFK and young Nancy. It's oh, real. That one. I mean, it makes it real. So, hey, hey, it does make more sense once you see once you see what she's packing. Do you agree? Right? Yeah. There are photos of them together. I'm not even making this up. I, I like, totally see it now. I mean, it's only brought it to me. What we brought it to me, I was like, come on. And then when I see it, I was like, <gasps> and it was like, it's okay. I can't right. see it. Right. Can't. It's life changing. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. It's still part of her that's not a wrinkled up mess. So they're obviously yeah. not real, but it's still. Once, once you see what she's packing, that, that, is a, that, is a quote. that is a quote for the ages. And we're not talking about <laughs> firearms. <laughs> oh, Randy, uh, dude, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Hey, everyone, we'll, we'll, post, uh, we'll post that website, WTF Happened in 1971.com. I'll also publish the. Uh, www.usdebtclock.org where you can track your debt um, that you're not signing up for. But in, in any case, we'll, we'll make sure all those resources are available to you. And and Randy, thanks a lot, Carter. No, I was just going to say the same thing, Randy. I think there's more discussion we had here. So I think uh, I think this year, next year, they're going to be really interesting uh, times to watch kind of what goes on in the economic state of the country. Um, I hope that we can do this again and jump on and kind of talk about updates and where things are at here, you know, maybe a few months into the year. I think we're going to see a lot of changes and a lot of things uh, coming to light. Now we got this election situation coming up as well. I think that's all going to have an effect on on what we're talking about. But it, again, as we tell people all the time, do what Randy has done. Go out and educate yourself. Do some yeah. research. Dig into this stuff and try to at least understand the fundamentals of how some of these things are happening. Because I think it's easy to get kind of snowed into this idea that hey, you know, big brother government's going to take care of it as these economic issues come about. And as as he stated, there's uh, there's some pretty serious consequences and repercussions. For how things are set up, Randy. So I appreciate bringing that to light, man. Thanks for your time. Yeah, we will. We'll have what we'll have Randy back on. He can't get rid of me that quick. There's a lot more to talk about. There's a lot more to talk about. So I appreciate Excellent, that. Randy. Thank awesome. you very much, man. Really appreciate it. Yep. Cheers, gentlemen. All right, here we're Thanks, gonna take man. a break. We'll be back after this. I have more to say about this stuff, Carl. Let's go. All right. All right. We'll talk. All right. To you. All right. Take care. All right, man. We're back after hey. the break. Yeah. Randy Carroll. Yeah, good dude. Good Super, dude. Yeah, yeah. I got to meet Randy once in yeah. person here in yeah. Arizona before he traveled back out east. Um, 
He's, great he's dude. So, he's so great funny, dude. and he's gonna love that I'm gonna tell this story. Oh boy! So he's like, gonna do this to him right yeah, now. Yeah, hundred percent master. He okay. needs it again. <laughs> um, he and Jimmy can attest to this because Jimmy's heard this. He's from Atlanta, and he believes that everything. And he he he's diehard Atlanta, like a Falcons fan. You know, okay, Hawks okay, fan, all yeah. that stuff, right? Yep. He, do you remember the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yes, I do. Remember yeah. how the father would say that you give me any word. And I'll tell you what the Greek origin is. Yeah. Right. Randy believes that everything significant that's ever happened in the history of, of mankind started in Atlanta. <laughs> you'll be having a conversation. I love it. I love you'll, it. Yeah. you'll be having a conversation and he'll be like, did you know? And you'll, you'll, you'll mention some random person yeah. or some random, let's, let's take a car and he'll go, do you know the guy that invented that car was born in Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. I love it. I just I, so I got to say this, man. I just I just got on this this website. WTF happened in 1971. It's insane, isn't this it? This is really interesting. And was, I started digging into it at the break. Yeah. I mean, I I strongly suggest people hop on yes. here and just just read through some of these charts and some of the. I mean, some of this stuff, man, is absolutely it's, crazy. It's and, and the thing about it, guys, is it's just charts. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, there's, yeah. There's a little bit of narrative in there, but it's just charts. It's not some long thing you have to read. It's like it's like it's like a pop-up book. It, well, <laughs> what's great about a lot of these charts, like there's there's uh, a lot of them are tied to at least a lot of the ones I've looked at so far are tied to very specific events, mm -hmm. and you can really see how specific events in especially in history of the United States had effect on some of these economic drivers that that Randy yeah. was alluding to yep. and that you talked about in that discussion. So. Just crazy stuff, man. And I do think that it's uh, not very many people truly do understand how government controlling our our currency right. has changed everything. You know what's funny is we, you know, how many times in the past 20 years have you heard our, our politicians, you know, get, yeah. or our Federal Reserve, right? Yeah. Get, or you know, the Department of the Treasury, whomever, right? Right, in, right. In government. Right. You know, criticize China for manipulating their currency. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many times have you heard them stand up and go, oh, we yeah. can't take this. It's it's imbalancing the trade. You know, yeah. it's doing, 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 it's just doing the same shit. Doing the same damn shit. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely so there's, there, and there's, there's one. So I want to speak to, you know, what Randy talked about and having heart and having assets. Yeah, yeah. Right. And he talked about real estate, which I, you're a huge believer in, right? As we know, I, I, yeah. I have, I, again, I have some I think, of my own, right? I think giving the, given the, yeah, my situation was driven by the current economic situation that we're in. Right. Exactly what he explained, right? right? That's why I was Jimmy doing the fist pump in there. Oh, no, I didn't see it. Oh, like, yeah. No, because whoever was talking on the screen, that's who I saw. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, I gave oh, one of these when nice. he was talking about the fixed asset thing. Yeah. And, you know, again, people had questioned me about that as well, but but that is definitely something that's very, very visible and clear yep. in the history, in economic history of the United States anyway, that I've, you know, researched myself, yep. is that when we go through these periods and we see these climbs of inflation and interest and all these other things, the only thing that really continues to increase or become more difficult to, to get a hold of is some of these fixed assets yeah. and hard assets. And so um, the value tends to go up, yeah, well, right? When other parts of to that the economy point. Are, are plummeting. So to, to that point, and I talked about productivity and income yeah. and how it's split. Yep. It, it, yep. So it, it, you know, it's split like this. Yeah. Yeah. In 71. So there's a chart on, on this, on this website, WTF happened in 1971. Right. Yeah. And it's, a, I'm going to say it's about a third of the way down and it's home value change versus income change. 1965 through 2021. And they basically started in the same spot. In, obviously, it started in the same spot in 1965. Yeah, yeah. Home, home value has gone up 120%, whereas income has gone up, oh, I'm going to say about 18%. Wow. So where does it break? Right? I mean, that's, that's a, that alone. And here's what's crazy to me, man. I, I don't understand. You know, we're in this big push, at least we're like in, around Cedar Rapids where I am. Mm -hmm. There's this huge push. I know there's tons and tons of incentives right now for workforce housing, yep. um, not low-income housing, but affordable housing. You know what I mean? And there's this big push for developers to develop, 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 you know, building more townhouses and more affordable living for, for people because they're saying that. And I think that the point is that they're trying to drive down home prices some by increasing the supply which makes sense right yeah, it's like yeah. trying to try to get it to a more affordable but that gap that you're talking about is is insurmountable yeah. with development correct that's an insurmountable gap dude yeah. 
Right? I mean, there's no way that that fixes the issue. And that was created. And you brought up Mrs. Cans, right? Yeah. Who said she she got... (laughs) Wasn't that great, though? I had to lighten the conversation. It was really serious the whole time. God. So anyway, so, like, that's been done on purpose. She got into it to create more of that bureaucracy. And I was listening to a a different podcast, um, and it talked about how... There's a lot of bureaucrats in Washington. Yeah. Right. Even back in the 1800s, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Who believe who still believed in the principle of the European monarchies. Yeah. Where they controlled everything, where they made decisions for the people, where they where, where they knew what was best. Yeah, yeah. Right? So a lot of those politicians and bureaucrats have been in government since the 18 since the 1700s, the 1800s, the 19 right? They've been they've been there. Pelosi's right. one of them, right? And they believe that they're better suited to make decisions for people than people themselves, yeah. which is exactly the opposite of what our founders, what the constitutionalists believed in. They believed in the will of the people and that the, the people would create and hold instead of incentives accountable. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. That's what they believed. They, they, they could yeah. not have dreamed in two, 300 years later that the system would override the will of the people. Yeah. They would, if you told Thomas Jefferson or George Washington or John Adams, whomever, right? Right, right. If you told them that, that government overreach and the system, the system of centralized banking would override the people, they would have lost their minds. Yeah. They would have, they would have revolted again, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, so, so, dude, as you, look at, as you look through some of these charts, and, and I think that this is one of the things that sticks out to me is that we have now – you know, talking about this manipulation of currency, talking about this manipulation of the economic market. I think there's so many people that just like watch, you know, look the S and P 500. They, you know right. what I mean? Or they're investing in the NASDAQ and the Dow and the, you know, and the, the, that's, that's how they gauge the economic health of the country. Yeah, if it's going up, we're good. If it's going we're like, down, oh, we're not good. Dude. Do you not think that's the craziest thing well, ever? Well, think, think about it. When you were growing up, when I was growing up, right? What did you see? You watched ABC Nightly News with Peter Jennings. <laughs> yeah. Or, or NBC yeah. with Ted Brokaw. That's right. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, wh- and what was always like at the 20-minute mark right before commercial. Yeah. And today on the stock market, the yeah, Dow Jones the went up, up X. The yeah. NASDAQ has gone down Y. 21 points. Well, the NASDAQ right. didn't even exist then. But anyway, it was, yeah. it was, all, it was all the Dows, the blue chips. Yep. Right, yep, and absolutely. what that did—that's what people thought the economy was doing. That's what I thought as a kid. That, well, that, that must be. Well, what the well I think that's. Doing. I think that's what. I think that's what is. That's the desired outcome. Yeah, is that hey, as long as you watch this thing and the, and and the numbers are green more than they're red. That's right. We're doing great. If the arrow's up instead of down, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, don't you think that's kind of what? And 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 as it's, as Randy alluded to, it's like there's so much more to it than that, and this goes all the way back, like. What really is money? What is the real purpose of money? And what is it, you know, it's not just the overall, I I don't know. I just think there's a lot to that. That's, that's kind of just brushed under the the rug, you know, swept under the rug. I agree. And people go, well, yeah, if, if, if the Dow's up, then we're good. My stocks is doing great. My 401k, which is invested in all kinds of everything has, must have done well as well. Right. 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 Well, and he and he had then, but he also made the 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 statement that you know he had his money invested with a financial advisor at one point, and he and it didn't perform to the position that the the market was performing, and he yeah. kind of went, "Well, what the hell is going on here?" Yeah, how many people do that? All all of them. I mean, that's no, your, no, I'm that, saying that's not, your 401k. I know, but but I'm saying people may do that, but how many people actually sit there and go? This isn't right, or I I, no, I need to understand this. Not many, right? I yeah. think people kind of go. Oh well, next year will be better. Yeah. Or hey, it's it's a long term play, so just let it ride. I I just you know for me it's interesting because I've always wanted to be in a situation, and it's not because of it's like out of fear yeah. because I don't trust the yeah. economic situation how it's built. I think it's built on a house of cards, which I think Randy and and I think this this website pretty well oh, spells yeah. out that it is. Yep. It's um, I was always in a situation to. to Say, so, you know, I want to invest my money into something I have some what can some some control. level of control. Right. Yeah, right. And and you know, and that was part of my situation with investing in fixed assets myself too. It's also something that I get to enjoy, right? It's something I get to use and something I get to actually take advantage of. Even like my house here in Arizona, right? It's like that's an investment property for me. Mm-hmm. But it's I get to use it. Right. You know, I get to come down here in the wintertime, which sucks right now because it's 50 fucking degrees down here and it was 80 last week. I picked oh, the wrong. Lord. You always, you picked a great date, Mike. Appreciate you. You brought the cold with you. 
Just remember that. <sighs> it was cold when I got here. Uh, but anyway. Anyway. Uh, you know what I'm saying, though? Yeah. I think I think that's another aspect. of Again, it wasn't because I was like so smart that I was going to jump. The, but I'm really glad, man. I'm really happy that that is the direction that I took because I think I'm in a much better position now than I would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Had I, I not taken that play. I think it's important to note, Right. And and Randy, you know, talked about this a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, this 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 thought of the government's interference and what have you. We I mean, we that's what we've been talking about. Absolutely. And you believe yeah. in it whole wholeheartedly. Right. Yes the the entirety of the you know be having freedom yes right? we've talked about this is the individual should be making their own fiscal decisions correct it's the government's job to protect their right to make those fiscal decisions it's not the government job to make the decisions for them or to preclude them from making certain decisions right that's the way we believe it should function in a democracy that, that's the way it, that's the, in a constitutional republic right like that's correct. the way it's supposed to work that's a much better way to say it right yes. Absolutely. And unfortunately, man, that's not what we're seeing, right? We're, we're seeing we're 180, 180 degrees away from that. I couldn't from, agree from an more. individual having free right to do what they want with their money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was interesting too, man. I didn't know much about like the Keynesian economics versus the Austrian economics. And I think that's an interesting thing that I'll dive into some more just because I didn't really understand, you know, that that's a I think that there's a perception like my perception is that we we are supposed to be kind of functioning in an Austrian economics situation. We're not. But it's not. Not even no. close. Oh. You know, we, we talk about this like it's a free economy and all these. It's not. I mean, I mean, just the basic Wikipedia page. Right. For Austrian economics. It, it describes the differences between the two. And it's stark. Really? Right. Austrian is what we think we're in every day that we are truly yeah. in a free market. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. Right. Because the government's involved. The government's manip what what has the government done, the Federal Reserve done for the last year and a half? Yeah. They've manipulated interest rates to slow spending. Yeah. Right. To bring inflation down. Right. Yeah. That's what they've done. So they've completely manipulated the system. They're manipulating the system in order to provide what they feel is a better result absolutely yeah what's that's not it doesn't work like that right the actual best result is when people decide for themselves that's now, right now don't get me wrong there's an argument to be made that people are too freaking stupid yes right like you should but that's those are the same people man that are, are in this situation that want that that feeling of hey if i screw up dad's gonna just give correct. me more money correct yep. right that that yep. randy gave that example yep. right yep. it's like if i if i screw this up then somebody's gonna be there to be my safety net it's like can't we all just be fiscally more responsible? Can't we do what Randy talked about and be, take have less need for an instant gratification when well, we when we acquire money? Okay, so where does that begin? It begins when you're a kid at home. I your agree. Parents teaching you the example, but but I also think, man, that we've you know now I think it's different, Mike, because now with social media, now we have this huge push for consumerism, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. buy, 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 and you need yep, this, and you yep. need that, and you need a fancier car, you need better clothes, you need to you know do this and that and the other thing to keep up with this image of being some, you know, comfortable person in the United States, the society that we live in. And so much of that is fake. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. much of it creates yeah. debt Agreed. and so Agreed. much of it creates financial instability. Yep. You know, it's like, it's not real, but yet that's, what's getting shoved down our kids yep. throats yep. now every single day. Cause what, you know, my kids dude, they're on their phones they're on yeah. their, they're on their devices or, yeah. you know, it's like, it's constantly being pushed a, down their and, throat and, to and, buy, and, buy, 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 buy. And if you want to learn how to manage your money, there's an app for that absolutely right and, and who and who benefits from that app the advertisers that's right right that's so right while you're trying to save money send you a great ad for this new car yeah that's right, right? that's ridiculous it. it is it's just a vicious it's, cycle it, it really, so when i i, I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast but when i went into marine corps one of the first things there's there's called um, um mcis right and they're just they're they're courses you have to take okay and if you take them you learn things obviously but it's about everyday life not just like Marine Corps stuff. Yeah, yeah, right? sure. And one of them is is personal finances. Like, yeah, it, it teaches you how to balance a checkbook. Right. Because Marines, like a lot of other service members, go to a base and there's three things outside of the front gate of a base. There's a pawn shop. No, 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 a bar. Yeah, well, it's a strip club. <laughs> and there's a car dealership. Pawn shop, strip club, car dealership. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Right? Yeah. So well, well, here's the thing, man. So we, you know, again. I just think that this this drive towards instant gratification is really closely connected with this this astronomical spending, right? This this 
borrowing and borrowing and borrowing of money, yep. this inability to function in a budget driven environment. I mean, we, we don't have that. Yeah. It's like, well, we made this budget and we overshot it by $600 million, but oh, well, dude, there's little things too. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, we could talk about this and go on and on and on, but I think it's just a, it's an eye opening discussion that people need to be aware of and understand that, you know, be responsible and take responsibility that, that FDIC discussion. I mind blowing. Yeah. My money in my bank right now is not, it's not, it's not insured. No, nothing's gone. No. You have a lot more than I do. No, no. (laughs) It must freak you out even more. Dude, I, yeah. The crazy thing to me right now is like for the first time in a really long time, because interest rates have gone up so much for the first time in a long time, dude, it's like you put money in treasuries and get five and a half percent. There's not a lot of risk. Like there's a great opportunity to, which is good for the government. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's given the government some of that capital to be able to function. Same time, I'm getting a nice, healthy interest rate back on some of that money. But yes, if you're sitting on a significant amount of cash, and I think Randy alluded to this too, right? It's like deploy the capital into something that, again, may not give you that instant gratification. And and I think that what he was talking about when he was talking about that real estate investing opportunity that's changed now is that you can do fractional, you can buy fractional positions in real estate. Now there's other things, there's other opportunities. You don't have to go be the one guy that goes out and buys the million dollar building. You can be an investor in one of those fractional ownership pieces. And maybe you spend, you know, peanuts, but, but yet you're still using that capital and deploying it somewhere where it's protected a little bit more as a fixed asset than it is in this very volatile economic state that we're in. Right. You know, it's interesting. I want to, I want to kind of hit you with something. Are we going to talk about Pelosi's cans? No. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, go ahead. I love it. I love it. <laughs> anyway. Jimmy, by the way, sent that picture. I was like, she does have huge no, cans. I, I looked at it in the I, break yeah. and I'm like, I know. Holy cow. <laughs> and what was, what was great was it was Tucker Carlson in the, in the picture. He's like. Anyway, Man. so what else? Hey, take a wild guess. What else happened in 1971? The same time Nixon took uh, us off the gold standard. Something that happens in everyday life. Okay, I'll give you a hint. The, the, the rate right now is about 60%. 60%. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm so, lost. So in 1971, the no-fault no divorce law was passed federally. Oh. The, 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 so the, all of a sudden, the family unit kind of also fell apart because you can walk in and go hey irreconcilable differences i'm done yep right yep so before you there had to be a reason you, you had to you had to show injury yeah, and yeah i don't mean like physical injury necessarily but fiscal yeah or merit or, or uh, infidelity or something right you right, had to right. show some kind of injury for, yep. like, for lack of a better term or you had there had to be fault yeah yeah right yep, yep. So harm it, of some way yeah, yeah in some sort of way in 71 no fault divorce law went into effect federally Ah, so, and, and now the divorce rates is 60%. Wow. I remember when I was a kid, it was like 45%. If even probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it was much lower. Yeah. So it's climbed 15% in my, in the 30 years I've been an adult. Right. Um, that's wild, man. Yeah. In 71, you know, a few years before I was born, it it had to be it. Well, I know what it was. It was 22%. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy how these things so are tied just, together. And how many and how many people going through a divorce have really bad financial problems? Yeah, because it's. It, I mean, you've got it's a, hard, dude. It's, yeah, it's really tough, hey, dude. Having a and we're in a situation, man, where again with the prices of things where they are, right? Having a two income household is almost a necessity. Uh, correct. I, I mean, it's it's almost hard to survive as an as a single person as an individual. Yeah, because everything is so damn expensive. Right. I mean, how hard is it to buy a home on a single on a on a one person income? How yeah. hard is it to support children? How hard is it? It's it's tough, bro. Yeah, insurance is crazy expensive. Health insurance, you know, car insurance, home insurance. Yeah, property taxes are going crazy. Like my property taxes, dude, have gone up twenty percent in the last two years. Yeah, it's, overall, it, it's insane. Twenty percent, um, dude, that's insane yeah. in two years. Yeah. And my schools and don't seem to be getting any better. I don't, I don't know, man. There's so many things, right? That it's it's we are definitely living in a broken system right now. I think that uh, I I don't know. Like it, to me, it's scary because I feel like it's we're there's it's a guarantee that we'll have an economic collapse, right? With the situation that's happening, it's it's when is it going to happen? Well, and how bad is it going to be? Well, well, so ask yourself this: 
Will we have an economic collapse? And I you, think we've already had one. It uh, just we've delayed because of the dad's going to give me more money situation, right? Right. The, the printing of money—that's so, so, what it stopped. So, so in your mind or my mind or Jimmy's, whomever's mind, right? Have we had an economic collapse? I think we already have, and I think we're in the bottom of one. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing, right? Like it's 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 covered up. There's a the government There's a puts a massive bandaid on it. Correct. Right. And and some people may think, well, I didn't lose my job necessarily. Yes. But I'm not. My wages aren't going up. Things are more expensive to buy. I can't do as many things as I used to. My vacations I used to take two. Now I take one or whatever the case might be. Right. It's degraded to some extent. Right. Right. right? And when it's degraded. Yeah. Well, guess what? Like that, that's a collapse. Absolutely. Right. And it's well, the bad thing is man, everywhere. When, I think the bad thing is, is when that, um, when that cover up, that doesn't work permanently. Right. That's like you said, it's a band aid, right? It's yeah, a temporary yeah. cover up. And unfortunately, man, when that cover up stops working, it's going to be worse. Yeah. I feel like we're delaying the inevitable. That's essentially, all we're doing. That's right? all we're doing. I mean, almost like a startup, right? We're buying more runway. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. Just borrow, we're, borrow. Yeah. Like, it, but what happens well, if you don't make it? Well, this is this, you know, it's the, it's the government, you know, yeah, you know, holding us on life support. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. It's not good, is it? It's not good. So, what Randy said, go do some research, yep. check it out. Um, WTF happened in 1971.com. Um, there's a bunch of other resources. Randy mentioned a few of them. Yeah. Um, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you how, how, I mean, just again, go to the Wikipedia page and look up the gold standard. Yep. Right. That's all you yep. gotta do. Gold standard on Wikipedia. And it's long. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot to read, but read it and you will have this very, very new appreciation for what happened then. And then you can do some more research into how yeah. currency works. Today. I, don't, I don't think it's going to be too long, man, where we're going to be figuring out how to get back to like trade. Yeah. Trading goods and services for goods and services. Right. I mean, that's how this that's how things started. Bullets and bread. Bullets and bread. Yeah. Bullets and bread. That's it. Yep. I love it. All, All right, right, man. The great discussion. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate Randy Carroll. It was Indeed. awesome. Thanks Indeed. for uh, getting him uh, connected with us. Absolutely. And uh, Randy, thank you for your time. We'll get you on and do this again at some point. Yeah. And it's uh, uh, on Spotify. It's Why Not Us in all caps. All capital letters. And the website is whynotuspod.org. So check it out. Tell your friends, all that kind of good stuff. Yep. Why not results helping us out? Thanks, New partner Jimmy. here yep. for the uh, recording here in the studio. So thanks, yep. Jimmy, for all your help. Yep. And uh, hey, guys, check us out again. We'll see all you right. soon. Talk thanks, to you soon. Mike. Later.